Welcome. You are listening to Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. We hope today's message helps you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, church family. It is great to see you guys this morning. My name is Barrett Ballin, and I am the lead pastor of ICC, and I personally just want to say welcome to you this morning. I know that there are many who perhaps are new with us today, and a special welcome to you. I'm incredibly grateful uh, that you are with us. I am excited to be back up here teaching. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but over the last summer season, I have not been teaching. I've been on a teaching break, and I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has helped to lead us in the Word in this last season. It has been a really sweet season together, and I want to say how much I have personally benefited from just being able to sit under the teaching of God's Word and to be able to be in a season of renewal in my own heart and life and a season of preparation for, the, for what we're about to walk into together as a church. Um, because it's been a while, because I, knew, I know that there are many who are new this morning, I wanted to give a little bit of a personal background of myself uh, to you this morning. It's not normal for me to talk about myself before I talk about the Word, but some of the story that I want to share with you today relates directly to what I want to share later from God's Word. So by way of you getting to know me a little bit, especially those who are new, and by way of helping to provide some framework for where we're going today, I want to share a little bit about myself. I've got a picture collage, okay? So I'm going to put it up on the screen. Um, I am married. This is my wife, Michelle. Um, thank goodness our girls look more like her than me. Um, she's beautiful. She is, uh, uh, we've been married, we got married in uh, June of 2010. And so uh, this year uh, marks 13 years of our marriage. We moved to Memphis 14 years ago. And we moved here for Michelle to start medical school at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. Anybody in that process right now as a student? Okay, great. Um, I have good news for you. You can finish medical school. Uh, she did, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. She's now practicing. She's an adolescent pediatrician uh, with Lebonner here in town. She's an associate professor at UTHSC. She is a newly appointed member of the board of the State of Tennessee American Association of Pediatrics, and I'm so proud of her. And um, she is just a mover and a shaker in town, the most uh, solid character and the most competent and called woman I've ever known. She is incredible. So if you have a chance to know her, Please get to know her. She is truly incredible. These are our girls. Uh, this was a picture of us at AJ and Aaron's wedding uh, over in East Tennessee, which is a pretty part of our state, by the way, if you're from East Tennessee. Anybody from East Tennessee? Okay. Y'all got, y'all got the goods in terms of the hills and the pretty stuff, okay? Um, we got the barbecue, so, you know. But anyway, uh, these are our two girls. This is Caroline. She's our oldest. She's nine, and this is Emma. She is our youngest, she's three. Caroline's our introvert. She's tender, she's gentle. Um, she loves books, she's creative, she's thoughtful, she's deep, loves school, um, prefers like documentaries, like Shark Tank as a nine-year-old. You know, that's, that's Caroline. Uh, Emma is our extrovert. She's incredibly vivacious. She is so fun-loving, sweet-hearted. She is intense. 
Um, she's fierce in the best of ways. She does not like to be at home, quite opposite of Caroline. She wants to be outside. She does not want to sit around. She wants to be doing things. She's our sports-loving girl. Uh, her favorite show is like Bluey and American Gladiator. So that's, that's Emma, all right? Uh, this was us last weekend with Robbie, who has uh, been by my side uh, uh, for pretty much the entirety of the time. I, it was 12 years ago this October that I became the lead pastor of ICC. I came to Memphis originally. We, we started um, into living downtown and we were visiting around churches, mostly in the suburbs that we, could, we had like heard about. And we were realizing like, this is not gonna work great for our lifestyle. We need something closer to home. We literally Googled Mud Island Church and we found a new church plant that was meeting in Maria Montessori School in Harbortown called Mud Island Church. It's now called ICC. This is the church. Uh, we went there, found authenticity, a group of people who love Jesus, love the word, love to serve here in the city and around the world and were committed to community. They invited us to lunch on the first Sunday. We were like, I think we found our church. Um, and I was in the middle of getting my Master's of Divinity, finishing that up. I got invited to be an associate pastor at the church. And uh, 12 years ago this October, um, after a transition of the church planner at the time, it became the lead pastor of our church. Robbie, who's in this picture, this was last weekend, y'all. Caroline got her ears pierced last weekend. All right, please don't judge. If you don't like that, okay, that's on you. Okay, we got to decide for us. But. What I know is I start looking at Caroline and I'm like, oh my goodness, time is going quickly. She is uh, growing up and we had a lot of fun. Uncle Robbie, as our girls know him, Robbie, uh, very much part of our family, my very best friend and executive pastor here in our church. We all went over to Ulta out in East Memphis, got her ears pierced. We only asked the guy to change where the dot was going to be about three times. We wanted to make sure it was going to be perfect. But um, that is our family. And... I want you to know, um, you know, I never in a million years, I didn't grow up thinking I'd ever be a pastor. I, I know sometimes y'all come in the church and you go, oh, he's a pastor. He's some, you know, some other than kind of thing. And I'm like, no, like I'm just a normal guy. The reason I have done what I do is because number one, God's incredible grace and work in my life. Number two, his calling upon me, undeniable. But number three, a sincere heart. Ever since I began pastoring our church, sincere heart for you. I really love Jesus. He is everything. He has totally changed my life. He is wonderful in every way. His grace is our only hope and his grace is sufficient and he loves you. And it is our sincere heart as a church family to help you to know Jesus and to know him more, to help you to learn to trust him and to walk with him in your life and to help you here in this time and in this place that you're in Memphis to have a family to encourage you toward him to learn to, to love him and trust him and surrender to him and walk with him, but also to learn to serve here in our city and around the world. And if you're new this morning, I just wanna say welcome. I invite you into this family of ICC, to this movement that we've seen here in downtown Memphis, a really needed and precious gospel movement here in our city. And just pray no matter where you come from this morning, no matter what you're facing, that you know you, you truly are from my heart to yours and our whole church to you, you really are welcome here. I've got a question for you this morning, um, and I will put it on the screen. This morning, if you've got something to write with it, and I would encourage you to take something out to maybe jot some notes. I want to talk to you this morning. We're in a season called Engage August, and this morning, the title of today's message is A Call to Surrender, and what I want to talk to you about this morning is engaging God in a unique way 
in this unique season of your life. Call to surrender is the call that God's going to put on your heart today. Deeper surrender to him. And what I want to talk to you today is about this unique season right now in your life. And I want to invite you to consider how God might be working right now in this unique season in your life in a way that's going to call you deeper into relationship with him. My question to you, which I told you I was about to ask, is have you, has anybody here experienced a transition lately? Show of hands. Anybody experienced a transition lately? Okay. Um, for some of you, it might look like a geographical transition. Who in the room is not from Memphis? Wow. Okay. Um, that's a lot of us. <laughs> I would say probably 80% of us. Who in this room thinks maybe you will not stay in Memphis forever? Okay. All right. So just by show of hands, there's no judgment on any of that. I'm just curious. Um, that indicates we are transitional people, right? Just, just then and there, geographical transition. We kind of keep track of folks. One of the things we know about our church is that we are a church that uniquely ministers to people who are in transition geographically. And so every single May, we typically see people making transitions, whether it's career or post-school, getting a job, or just other life transitions. And we've kind of kept track over the years. In fact, there's a map that I want to show you. Uh, these are folks who have come through ICC, who we have sent out from ICC, uh, from their time of discipleship here, into continued life with God and service of God around the country. There's another map that I can show you around the world. I didn't put that one up here. But one of the unique things about our church is if you're not from Memphis and you're not going to stay in Memphis, you you should feel welcome here, all right? Because there's a lot of people who also feel that way. And so I know that there are some of you who probably have just moved into town or maybe thinking about moving out of town and that might be what marks your sense of transition. I wanna go back to the question though um, because there's probably others of you who are like, no, I haven't moved or no, I'm here. And yet there's still a sense right now in your life that you are in the midst of transition. And there's a lot of reasons that that could be uh, situational transitions. Who of you today, you don't have to raise your hand, but would say right now in the last few years or even right now at this very present moment, things have been changing or things are changing. It may be some shifts within you. It may be some things outside of you. It may be work. It could be relationship. It could be some other situation that you're going through, but you sense there's some transition. This morning, I want to talk to you personally. I don't want to talk to the person beside you, although I am, but I want you to hear me as I'm talking to you. Because the word that God's put on my heart to you is a word to you right now in the midst of your transition. The reality is we are a transitional people. We are. Every single one of us, we just transition. It's part of life. We either have experienced it, <laughs> we are currently experiencing it, or we will experience it. And some of us feel it more keenly than others right now. Here, here's what I would ask. Maybe before we even start, because I want you to hear this message personally. 
If you're taking notes, maybe you write it down. If you're not, maybe you just think about it. If you had to put a word to the transition that you're sensing right now in your life, what would that word be? Or what would that phrase be? Or maybe it's a set of words or a set of phrases. How would you describe right now this moment of transition? We are a transitional people. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is this. If you've ever been through a transition, you're going to know what I'm about to talk to you about. Transitions are challenging. Can I get a witness? Change is hard. Transitions bring challenges in our minds in the situations and circumstances, just the practicalities of our life, but they also bring challenges in our heart. Transitions are challenging. But I also want you to see that while transitions are challenging, transitions are also opportunistic. If you've ever been through a transition, you know, you know that there could be some bumps in the road. Things can be hard. Some folks in this room love change. Some folks in this room, change feels like death. All right? And there are some things perhaps that are dying. Transitions can be challenging, but transitions can be opportunistic. And this morning, I wanna talk to you about the the opportunity of transition right now in your life. The things that you have already identified, hey, this is how I would name it. I want, you to, I want you to hear this morning God inviting you to see this moment as an opportunistic moment for your relationship with him, all right? So if you got your Bibles this morning, what I want to do is go to a passage that I have taught every single August for I don't know how long. It's been a long time. Some of y'all in the room have heard me teach this message. I teach it every single year because it's one of the only messages that I believe has been so deeply resonant and so deeply needed for our particular people in our particular time and place. And it's a message that I believe every single time we come around to it, God speaks in a different way. So whether you're hearing it for the first time this morning or repeated time this morning, I want you to hear it with fresh ears. Ecclesiastes chapter three is our passage this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter three, and I'm gonna be reading starting in verse one. This is a passage that is probably quite familiar to many of you. It's a passage that is one of the most beautiful pieces of poetry. I don't know if you like poetry. Um, It's it's a timeless type passage. Uh, There are even secular songs that have been written about it. For every season, turn, turn, turn. Y'all, you know that song? Okay. Um, I'm not going to keep singing it then, thankfully for you. Um, But it's, it's a passage that is given to us not just to be beautiful, cute, or familiar, but to speak to our hearts from God himself. These are God's words to us. So I'm gonna read the passage this morning, Ecclesiastes chapter three, starting in verse one, and then I wanna talk to you about the opportunity of transition. Before I do this, I want you to know that this idea of transition is straight from the Bible because it's the Bible in passages like the one we're gonna read today that actually invites us 
to consider our own life journey in terms of seasons. God recognizes that there are seasons in life. And right now, as we read the passage, I want you to hear God speaking to you about this unique season in your life. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. For everything, there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. This is God's word. The Bible invites us to consider our life journey in terms of seasons. This morning, what I want to do in our time together, and again, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you. to to do that, I want to give you this morning three truths for every season of life, including this one, all right? So this morning, we're gonna be looking at three truths from God's word, and these truths you can anchor any season of your life that you're going through on these three truths. But I don't want you to just think in the abstract, in the general, I want you to think about this season of your life. And these three truths are relevant right now for this season of your life. Truth number one is this. God is in control of every season of life. God is in control of every season of life. Could y'all say that with me? God is in control of every season of life. One more time. 
God is in control of every season of life. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at the scripture. Go to verse 11 of the passage we just read. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. In other words, as we look at transitions and seasons, God's saying to us, do you see what I am doing? I am making these seasons for you. It's about me. I'm in control over these transitions and these seasons of life. Look at verse 11 in the second part. It says, he's put eternity in man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Oh, you might think that this is about what something else has done to you or what someone else has done to you. But don't you see there's something bigger at work here? So it's not just about happenstance, circumstance, relationship. This is about God. Look at what he has done. Look at what he is doing. Verse 14, look at your passage again. He says, God has done it so that people may fear before him. In other words, part of what God is doing is bringing you to a point where you have to bend your knee and recognize God, this is not about me, this is about you. God, I'm not in control. God, you are in control. Where you come to a point of surrender. Do you see this truth? Point number one, what is it? God is in control of every season of life. Now y'all, this is repeated throughout all the scripture. I'll give you a few verses here just as a way of reminder. I mean, from Old Testament and New Testament, you can see God's people wrestling with this. And this is something we have to wrestle with, okay? But God's people wrestling with this and moving to a point where they finally recognize it and submit to it. Daniel chapter two, verse 21. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He is the one who changes times and seasons. Job chapter 12, verses nine to 10. Who among all of these does not know that is the hand of the Lord that has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. This last year we were studying the book of Romans and at the end of chapter 11 of the book of Romans in verse 26, Paul gets to a point where he's wrestling with the complexities of life and the complexities of the wonders and the mysteries of God and he comes to a point where he finally just goes, I can't totally figure out all of this stuff. This is above me, this is beyond me, but what I know is that God is over it all and I desperately need to trust and surrender to him. He says in verse 26, for from him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory forever. Do you hear his humility and submission of recognition that God is over it all? From him, through him, to him are all things. So, God, y'all say it with me, God is in control of every season of life. Right now, no matter what season you're in, here's what I want you to wrestle with. 
God has sovereignly ordained it. Right now, he wants you to know that he has his hands upon you right now in this season. He wants you to know that you are completely his. He wants you to know that you are where he wants you to be. He's brought you to this point. From him and through him and to him are all things and to him be glory forever and he's inviting you to see his hand. And it's not just that God is in control of every season of life. I'm gonna make it personal. God is in control of this season of my life. Will you say that with me? God is in control of this season in my life. That's where God wants you to be this morning. Um, Gosh, 14 years ago, when we moved to Memphis, y'all, I did not want to come to this city. Can we be honest about that for a second? Is there anybody else being willing to be honest, or am I the only one? Anybody else feel like, I don't know if I wanted to be here? Okay, thank you for, thank you, a few people. Um, Y'all can judge me for this or not, but I came from Georgia. I think, I thought, I'd be careful, I'd make it present. Um, I thought Georgia was a superior state to Tennessee. We made a lot of jokes about Tennessee. Um, I lived in downtown Atlanta. I thought that it was the stuff. I mean, when I was thinking about options for medical school, knowing that I was dating Michelle, and that was probably something that I would end up wanting to pursue her where she was, and I was looking at the options that were before us. When I saw UTHSC was in Memphis, I was like, please, no, Lord. Like, not Memphis. Like that, it feels like the armpit of the South. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that I knew about Memphis was like, like people from Georgia, Atlanta, Memphis had the reputation as like, when you go through Memphis to get to Branson, to go to Silver Dollar City, you go quickly, go quickly through Memphis. Don't stop very long and be careful your tires because the roads will eat them alive. You know what I'm saying? So um, it just didn't have the best reputation, okay? And, and we, we got into medical school here, she did, And there were doors that opened here and doors that closed other places. And to be honest, I came here kicking and screaming. I came here confused. I came here frustrated. I came here in my heart bitter and honestly resisting God for weeks, no, for months, because this was not my plan. This is not what I had planned out for my life. Memphis was not what I wanted. And so I pouted with God. I pouted with other people. I fought with him. I closed my heart. I I didn't want. I didn't want to be here. I did not desire to be open to what God might be doing. But I gotta tell you, 14 years later, I'm a changed man. And I look back on that time and I realized the issue was not ever with Memphis. The issue was not ever with doors opening here and not other places. The issue was not the circumstances that I was in. The issue was that my heart was not surrendered. The issue was that I was keeping control rather than giving God control.
that I was fighting, that this was something that he was doing because this was not something that I wanted to do. And God, over a period of time, had to break me down to bring me to a place where I bowed my knee before him and said, God, this is a season that you are sovereignly ordaining for me. So rather than fighting you, I'm gonna trust you. And y'all, I love Memphis now. (laughs) This is home, all right? What changed? Primarily, something in me. And what I want to encourage you this morning to think about is because of this truth right here, here's the application for you. Right now, in this season, because God is in control of this season of your life, here's what it means. You can trust him. You can come to a place of going, I can trust God. Right now, with this season, God, I can trust you. I really believe um, there are some of us who are fighting with God in this season right now. There are some things right now that you're pouting with God about, perhaps, that you're resisting him, that you're arguing with him, that you're closing your heart, you're not open, you're not surrendered. Control, uh, I, I was reading a post by my buddy Will Kastner this past week. Uh, they started a company called Crew & Co, and now he's branched off into a men's discipleship ministry called Crew & Bro, which is kind of fun. He made a post about control, and it really spoke to me. He said, control is often our security blanket, our source of comfort in a world where so much is going wrong. And sometimes, as much as we fight it, we have to come to terms with giving up the coveted notion of control. There are a few times when life gets really difficult that we realize that we never had it to begin with. Though we like to cling to control as a lifeline, it's merely an illusion. An illusion that we seek in effort to gain some sense of stability through our wobbly and rocking days. We want to work things out the best that we can see, but we forget that we're set so far back from the big picture of God's work and purpose. Our sightline is often so short, Will said, that we can't see beyond our own needs. And when these needs start to feel unmet, we struggle to make sense of God's work and grace in our lives in the moment. But though our control is vastly limited, his grace and wisdom and truth is all around. God, not chaos. God, not chance. God, not coincidence, is holding us up right now where we are. And he is faithful to work in our lives even when we get what we don't expect. Here's what I'm asking. Here's the question for you on this point, then we'll move on, all right? Very personal. Will you resist or will you embrace that this season is a season that God has appointed for you? Only you can answer that question. Which one is it going to be? It's going to be one of those two. You're going to resist or you're going to embrace. Another way to put the same thing would be this. Will you doubt or will you believe that God is sovereign over this season? Be honest. Will you trust him? Will you trust God with this season of your lives? Right now, right now he's inviting you to. All right, what's point number one? 
We got three truths for every season, including this one. Point number one is what? God is in control of this season of my life, all right? And he's inviting me to trust him. Point number two, y'all ready for it? Great. (laughs) Point number two. God has a unique purpose in every season of life. Point number two is this, is that God, not only is he in control of every season of your life, including this one, but he has a unique purpose. He is working something out right now in this season in a unique way for your good. He has a unique purpose in this season of your life. If you go back to the passage, Ecclesiastes chapter three, and I want you to look at verse one. He says, for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And then he starts going through and he's talking about being born and dying and planting and plucking up his plant and killing and healing and breaking down and building up, weeping and laughing and mourning and dancing and casting away stones and gathering stones and embracing and not embracing and seeking and losing and keeping and casting away and tearing and sowing and silence and speaking and love and hate and war and peace. And you're going, wow, like that's a lot of, that's a lot of different stuff going on. But I know as you hear God's word, you find yourself in the mix. God is helping us know that there are unique purposes and unique seasons of our life. Not every season is the same. And what you're walking in right now in this season, you have not walked in before. Even if you have walked in something similar before, you are a different person than the last time you walked in it. This is something new. This is something unique right here, August 2023. You are experiencing something new and in the newness of what you're experiencing, there is a new way to experience God. Later in the passage in verse 11, he says, he has made everything beautiful in its time, which tells us that there's time for unique purposes in these unique seasons. Now here's here's what... Here's what it's all about. You ready? The unique purpose is always about one thing. And it's quite a simple thing. The unique purpose in every season of your life is about this. It's about God. And it's about you having the opportunity to grow in your relationship with God. There is one big thing that God wants in your life. And it's he wants you to grow a relationship with him. This is why he made you. This is why he gave his son for you. This is why he's put his spirit within you. This is the big idea that God is up to in your life. God wants for you to know him more and more and more, to love him more and more and more, to trust him more and more and more, to be more and more surrendered to him, more and more one with him. This is what God is up to. This is the big thing that God is up to in your life. Philippians chapter one, the book of Philippians is quite fantastic. And by the way, our men's and women's Bible collectives this fall are gonna be studying the book of Philippians. So join them Thursday mornings for men, Thursday nights for women, and join that wonderful uh, Bible study. But Philippians chapter one and verse six, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Look at this, there is a good work When we come to Jesus Christ, there is a good work that God is doing and that work is not primarily outside of us. 
Sometimes we pray prayers, oh God, in this season, and where all the things we're praying about is situational, circumstantial, relational. It's all outside of us. God, would you fix this? Would you do this? Would you bring this? And it's all out here. And God's going, um, I care about what you're going through, but more than I care about what you're going through, I care about you. The good work that I want to do in your life, the primary good work that I want to do in your life is within you. And he who started a good work within you, he's going to continue to work that out. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter three, just a few chapters over, staying in the same book, seven and eight, Paul goes, yo, 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 God. I mean, this is a modern translation I'm trying to use here. Yo, 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 God, work it out. Take my heart. Do that in me. What he says in the actual scripture is, but whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Notice he's saying, I can, I can leave all the circumstantial stuff behind. I, I, I can, I, that can all play second place in my life. That's not my main priority. Whatever else is going on, that's second place to my main thing, and it's Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost, second place, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He's going, man, if there's anything I want in life, it's not that all my circumstances are just perfect. I just want to know Jesus, and I want to know him more. Is that your heart? Are most of your prayers about fixing stuff outside, or are most of your prayers, God, would you take more of me? Look at your prayer life and ask, does it seem to resonate with the rhythm of the heart of God in Scripture. Your primary prayer should be, God, not change circumstance, but God, change me. Make me more like you. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, where Paul to the church of Ephesus says, God is at work in you until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God is at work in you to bring more of his presence into your life. And he's inviting you to yearn for that, to desire that right now in this season. So here's what I'm trying to say, all right? So if you're zoning out, come back. Because right now, you need to hear something. This unique season right now in your life is about God. And it's about growing in relationship with him. Now, hear me say this. Let me say it more directly. God is far more interested in your character than in your career. God is far more interested. For, for y'all who are in school, praise God you're in school, great. For those of you who are working, oh, thank the Lord for a job that pays the bills. If you've been moving up and promoted recently, great. If you've got a big project going on in the season, okay. But hear me say this. God is for, far more interested in your character than in your career. Your career will one day end your soul will not. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, for we are his workmanship. Okay, yeah, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Yeah, yeah, you are created for good work. Your work is not unimportant. It is valuable. It's meaningful. It has significance in the kingdom and for eternity. But remember, the primary thing that God is doing is he's doing a work in you. You are his work. So as you work, don't forget the work that he's wanting to do in you. I'll say it another way. 
God is far more interested in your character than your comfort. Some of us cry out to God, oh God, would you change this because this hurts? I don't like the pain. I don't want to go through this. And we doubt and disbelieve God because things are tough. But do you know? Some of y'all go to the gym, it's not me. But to build muscle, you got to get some, you have to go through some pain, so I hear. All right? Some of us right now are in painful seasons and God is building spiritual muscles. And we need to recognize that the more important work is not just to get out of the pain, but to know God more. The Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse three to five, not only this, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. In other words, he's saying, don't you see that if you're in a season where you go, this season is hard, don't you see that right now in this season, God is inviting you to learn deeper levels of trust and ultimately hope and ultimately his love. There's some things right now in this moment that you, have, you would not have any other opportunity to learn other than where God has you right now. And if you feel like his thumb is pressed on you, could it be? That right now, it's not because he's against you, but he's for you. And he's actually wanting you to learn him in deeper ways than you've ever learned him before. James speaks to the same thing. Chapter one, verses two to three. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face various trials of different kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Romans 8.28 assures us that in all things, we know that God is working in love for our good, for those who are called according to his purpose. God is far, let me say it one more way, okay, in case you didn't get it so far. God is far more interested in who you are than in what you do. He is far more interested with who you are and who you're becoming in him than what you do. And what I'm inviting you to do right now is to reframe, to embrace a new perspective on what you're going through right now. You might think, oh, you know, it's about this or it's about that. Whatever the words you put down earlier. It's about school or it's about this relationship or it's about this change or it's about my job or my kids or whatever it is. But I'm inviting you to reframe that and to embrace a new perspective that is a God perspective of God, what might you be doing in me in this season? What might you be leading me to know about you and to trust about you and to be more surrendered to you in in this season? God is at work with a unique purpose in every season of life. But let's make it personal, you ready? It's not just abstract general seasons, it's this one. So y'all say this with me, what's on the screen. God has a unique purpose in this season of my life. What is it? Only you can discover that with God. How do you discover it? Here's your application and we'll move to the third point. How do you discover this with God? You should seek him. (laughs) Knowing that God has a unique purpose right now in your life 
here's what you got to do. You got to say, God, I want you. I, I want you in new ways right now. I want to discover you in new ways. God, I want to be open to you in new things. God, I want to grow in you. I want you to build spiritual muscle in me. God, I want you. You got to embrace what the scripture says in Matthew chapter six, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. In other words, what's your first priority? It's not grades. It's not promotions, it's not money, it's not a boyfriend, it's not a husband, it's not kids. What is your first priority every day that you wake up? Seek me, God says. Let the passion, priority of your heart be seeking me. And the Bible says clearly, Jeremiah chapter 29, that when you seek him, you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. I can give you a sure promise is that right now in this unique season of your life, if you seek him, you will find him. So seek him with all of your heart. Be like Paul in Philippians 3. He goes, I count everything as second place compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus, my Lord. Um, when I first met Michelle, um, we were... <laughs> We were at a camp, gosh, we were little babies. I look back at that season and I go, wow, we were so young. Um, we met in Charleston, South Carolina. We were working together at a camp called Mission Fuge. And uh, we were on staff together that summer leading youth groups to serve in the city of Charleston. I'll never forget, uh, during training week, they had a one week of staff training and part of training every day was they gave an amount of time and they had assigned different ones to tell their stories during training week. And it came time for my story, and it was basically like I was born, I had two parents, blah, 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 you know, it's just kind of like basics of life, you just go through the facts and all that, you know, and most of the people did that. Well, it came Michelle's turn, I'll never forget, she opened her mouth that day and she goes, well, I just, if it's okay with everybody, I'd like to describe my life using the names of God. And I'm sitting there going, dang, I didn't even know God had names, I mean, I just thought it was like G-O-D God, you know, like... <laughs> This girl is cool and deep, I guess. I mean, this is like wild. So God has names, cool. So we're gonna, and she began to describe, she said, in, in this early season of my life, I learned that God is my provider. And she began to attach her story to things that she had learned about God's character. And she went through her whole life story like that up until the time we were at camp. And I was like, this girl's been living on a different spiritual level than I have been. But everything in me wanted what she was describing and experiencing. Because she was realizing that the seasons of her life were not just about the circumstances she was going through, but rather the invitation to know God and experience God and trust God in deeper ways. And I wonder right now in this season, how is God inviting you to attach what you're going through to something you're learning about him. God has a unique purpose in this season. And the question I wanna ask you before we go to this last point and I close is will you invite and pursue God to work in your heart in this season as you grow close to him? Will you invite him to work and will you pursue him to work? Will you surrender to God for his work in your life in this season? Only you can answer that, but I pray you hear God inviting you to surrender.
and to say, God, I want you. Reorient my priority and perspective to make it about you. You could pray that prayer even now. I close by just anchoring this message with one final and very short third point. The third thing, we've been talking about how we've got these three truths for every season of life, including this one, and the third one that anchors it all is this. God, y'all read it with me, God is faithful in every season of life. Another way you can understand his faithfulness, uh, the the Hebrew word hasid, which is his covenant-keeping love, you could say it like this, God is loyal in his loving kindness in every season of life. God is loyal in his loving kindness to you in every season of life. Verse 11 of chapter three. I love this verse. As we close today, what a wonderful way to anchor this, our hearts in this beautiful reality. It says here, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. It means that, gosh, from my perspective, I go, ugh, you know, maybe sometimes in certain seasons. And yet God is going, oh, my heart for you is good. My purpose for you is redemptive. I'm gonna bring beauty. Just watch, you just wait, just see. I, right now, I am, I'm gonna work beautiful things. This is gonna be good because I'm committed to you in love. He's assuring us that in all seasons of our life, he is faithful. Psalm 18, one to three. A psalmist says, I love you, O Lord. You are my rock. You are my strength. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. You are my shield. You are my salvation. You are my stronghold. You hear the psalmist going, everything else in life seems to be changing. I just moved to this new city. I just started this new school. I just created this new job. This relationship dynamic is weird. And you hear the psalmist looking for where he can anchor his soul. He's going, everything else seems to be in transition, but God, I know that you are not. So I'm gonna hang on to you, God. You are stable, you are safe, you are satisfying, you are good. God, I'm gonna anchor my heart and life to you because I know that you are faithful. You don't change. Psalm 23, this beautiful psalm that we love in the Lord's uh, word where where we, we learn about God as our shepherd. And at the end of the psalm, he says, surely, look, David is hanging his hat on this. He's just talked about, he's gone through valleys, he's gone through pits, he's sitting with his enemies. And he anchors at the end of the song, he goes, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Like sheepdogs behind sheep, God's loving kindness follows us to make sure that he's going to get us where he wants us to go. His goodness and mercy, they follow us all the days of our life and we will be with him forever. Lamentations three, oh, we know the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Great is your faithfulness. Joshua 23, 24, he goes, of all the promises that God has ever made, I'm telling you, God has not failed in a single one. And I'm telling y'all today, in all the promises that God gives you today, God has not failed, God will not fail. 
you can trust him. Hebrews 20, 10, 23, you can hold fast to the confession of hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 says, even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. Aren't you grateful that God is faithful in every season of life, that God is loyal in loving kindness in every season of your life. Now let's make it personal, as we've done the other three, and then I close. It's not just in every season, it's in this season. Would y'all say this with me? God is faithful in this season of my life. What does this mean for you today? Here's what it means. You can hope in him. Because God is loyal and loving kindness in this season of your life, you can hope in him. The question is, will you? Where are you gonna look for strength and stability in this season? You look to your grades, <laughs> good luck. I'm not saying that's a slight on you, I'm just saying they're gonna be all over the place. You can look to promotions, you can look to other people, really. You're gonna look to some hope of some long desire you've had that you're not really sure if it'll be, but you sure hope so because it'll make your life complete, really. Oh, friends, your, your soul has gotta be anchored somewhere. And God's saying, anchor your soul in me. There's only one place for strength and stability, and it's me. Look to God, hope in him. Will you hope in God's faithfulness and strength? Or are you gonna try to find it in yourself? Look away from self and circumstance and look to God. There's a song that we're about to sing written by Maverick City Music, it's called Promises, and it says, God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I will remain steadfast, and I'll let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass, oh great, is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising of the sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. Oh God, great is your faithfulness to me. And then there's a bridge of the song that says, when the seasons change, you remain the same. Hope in God. For everything, there is a season. And I wonder today, what season are you in? I've told you that we are a transitional people. And I've told you that transitions, while challenging, bring opportunities. But what I wanna ask you today is, how will you make the most of the opportunity of this season? There are true, three truths that should anchor your life. Number one, God is in control. Number two, God has a unique purpose. And number three, God is faithful. He is loyal and loving kindness. These are the truths. But where I cannot, what I cannot do for you is to lead you to make the right choices. And the right choices are these. Number one, will you trust him? Number two, will you seek him? And number three, will you hope in him? 
Thanks again for listening to this Bible teaching from Island Community Church. We want to encourage you to join us for worship in person soon. No podcast can replace God's good design of gathering with other believers in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church, visit us at iccmemphis.com. We offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.